It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. What are players doing in the offseason to prepare for next year? Where are they going on vacation? Where is their offseason home? What parts of their game are they working on the most? What's their favorite offseason activity away from hockey? Find all that out and more on the latest episode of Catching Up with the CUDA. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. We are pleased to be joined by Barracuda goaltender Zach Sacheco. Sazi, how's the summer treating you? Hey, good to see you, Noli. It's uh, it's going well. I mean, it uh, it was obviously a long time since I've been back in Edmonton. I think I was down in in the states for you know a good six seven months. So it was nice to get back, see some friends, see some family, and and just get back to home base here. I was talking to Kyle Topping the other day just about getting back up to Canada, dealing with the quarantine. He actually visited his brother who lives in the states for a couple of weeks before he made his way back up home. How was your situation dealing with getting over the border, dealing with the quarantine situation? What was your process? Yeah, it was uh, a pretty funny story, actually. So we were, uh, me and Hobbsy and, and Greg's obviously lived together this year. So we had a lot of good laughs, a lot of good, uh, good times together. So when we were trying to decide how to come back, we, uh, Canada had a huge strict protocol on coming back over the border. And if you were flying in, you had to stay in a hotel quarantine and, we were in the bubble all year, so we were kind of over the whole hotel quarantine and stuff. So me and uh, Hobbsy made the decision that uh, we were going to rent a U-Haul, grab a U-Haul, and then made the uh, 26-hour journey back from San Jose in, in our U-Haul. So it was uh, it was a pretty fun haul, but uh, yeah, it was it was long days for sure. So who got dropped off first? Did you drop off Hobbs or who? So we yeah, we basically loaded it up the night before left it at the rink and then dropped off our rental vehicles with uh with the guy that hooked us up this year and then uh, made our trek back so we we went through tahoe went through you know nevada up through i don't even know where we made our way through montana then we got up at the border the border was pretty seamless a couple covid tests later a couple questions we were through the border went up to lethbridge my uh my girlfriend picked me up in lethbridge i went up to edmonton hobbsy kept the u-haul and, and continued his trek back to regina so like i said it was uh it was long days but uh it was uh, a lot of fun in that uh, u-haul as well that's just putting the stamp on the season and what a season it was the year that it's been yeah exactly that was kind of the, the cherry on top it was just i never could imagine you know renting a u-haul a 10-foot truck and and making the trek back but uh you know luckily for us we uh we didn't have to the hotel quarantine and i was able to get back see my family about as quickly as i could it seems like it it is a no-brainer for you to have greg's and Hobbs as your roommates you three play junior together with the moose jaw warriors is it weird to just think that you guys are all still together now at the professional level within the same organization? Is it still kind of a, an interesting, not interesting, but still kind of an awesome experience to be with those guys? Yeah, that's, I, I think it's interesting for sure. I mean, it's obviously pretty rare that that does happen. You know, when we were in Moose Job, me and Jaden were really tight. So 
our billets hung out all the time. So I was at his house quite a bit. And, uh, you know, just the fact that we were all able to link up again with Greg's here in San Jose. And even last year we had, uh, another moose jaw guy, Tristan Langen, who was there too. So it's, uh, it was pretty, pretty funny to see it come full circle in, in the pro ranks. But, uh, no, like I said, we've always had a, a lot of laughs in the apartment and, uh, you know, I, it's, it's been a good ride with those guys. You're originally from the Calgary area, but you spend your off season now full time in Edmonton. Your girlfriend is from there. You mentioned off air before we started this, that you have your trainer there as well. So you found some symmetry in Edmonton. It's become somewhat of your off season home. Describe to us where you're living, what life is like in the off season in Edmonton. Where's your trainer at? What's going into all that? Yeah. So like I said, I, I went to school here about four or five years ago now, you know, when I left school early to go, go play with the Barracuda there and sign that first deal, I uh, kind of kept all my ties here. Obviously my, my whole extended family's here. Both my parents aren't here, but all grandparents, cousins are all in Edmonton. So Edmonton's always kind of had a homey feel to me just because of how much family's here. And when I came to school here, you know, obviously girlfriend was here and then I just got comfortable with trainers, coaches and stuff. And then when I decided to kind of turn pro, I just felt that this was a place I was comfortable in. I, I had guys that I trusted around me, whether it was trainers, coaches, whatever the case may be. It's just, like I said, it's been uh, a homey feel for me. And then to be close to family is obviously something I take, uh, take pretty importantly now, just because of how, how long we're gone during the year. So um, a normal day, you know, there's, there's a lot of working out. I mean, I obviously took some, took some time away when, uh, when the year finished there, like you said, it was a, uh, it was a pretty crazy year. It was, it was nice to get back and, you know, hang up the skates for a little bit and just relax a little bit. Like I said, I, I hadn't seen my family for, for quite some time, see some family, some friends. And then once I kind of decided to get back into it, it was, you know, talking to my trainer who uh, actually just got a job with the Oilers here. So he's now a, an assistant strength guy with the Oilers. So, talked with him he hooked me up with the program and then just this past couple couple weeks here I've been getting back on the ice with uh you know goalie coaches and and players and stuff like that so you know typically there's there's workouts five days a week you know as of right now we're skating twice three times a week and then like I said the weather's been super super nice here it's been almost a little too hot for me so it's uh weather's been good there's been a lot of golf you know weekends at the lake and it's it's been a lot of fun so um, I was obviously really excited to get home and it's always see a lot of fun in the, in the summertime here in Edmonton. You mentioned your trainer at the University of Alberta, Joel Jackson, I believe is his Davey got there exactly, yeah. to the National Hockey League. So he's now working as an assistant strength coach with the Oilers, but are you still working with him or is he now taking over full time with the big club? Yeah, so I think he's transitioning this summer into the Oilers. So he's down at, at Rogers Place now. He's uh, He was able to kind of hook me up with the program and get me the stuff that I needed for the summer. And like I said, I've been working under him for the last, you know, four or five years now. So it was uh, kind of an easy transition. I don't see him as much now just because he is at Rogers working with their prospects and, and taking care of them. But, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy I've relied upon a lot in the past couple summers and you know, it's, uh, it was obviously pretty cool to see him make the jump to show and, you know, finally get that recognition he finally deserved. When you think about the goaltending position, at least I think of it as such a specialized position and it's almost it's in its own world away from the game in its sense. So 
when thinking about training off season training, what type of things are you doing maybe differently than what a forward or defenseman would be doing? Yeah. So that's the other thing too, is just because, you know, like you said, the position is so unique and it's not exactly, you know, as important to be, you know, pounding weights or I'm sure Potsy and Cello will disagree with me on that one, but uh, it's, it's a lot about mobility and just keeping the body fresh. Just so you are able to make it through the whole year without, you know, getting as many injuries as, as guys have seen. Right. So um, we've got a great resource down in San Jose with uh, Adam Francilia who, who helps us out. Obviously it was a little bit tougher this year just because of the bubble and, and we weren't able to see him as much as we could, but he's been great with, uh, you know, giving us me corns, Melly, whatever the case may be, just kind of a little program and, and Dropbox videos so that we are able to just, you know, not worry about the, the weight aspect as much. And we're more so worried about the mobility and the, the strength aspects that doesn't necessarily involve weight training and stuff like that. So he's been great. I, I obviously started working when I came down to the organization and that's just been something of, uh, you know, kind of kept building on and, and growing. He's uh, me and Navi like to joke around. He's, he's a scientist. A lot of the stuff he says is, is, is pretty complex and I don't necessarily understand it, but you can definitely see the difference it makes in your game. Yeah. You're, you're like, put it into layman's terms, break it down for a, us a little bit. Some of the verbiage is going to, he's got to even break it down. Like he's got to dumb it down to like a kindergarten level here. It's like, all right, Adam, I trust you here. It, it, it makes sense to me, but let's, let's dumb it down a little bit more. Like I said, he's, he's uh he's a wizard and he's a guru. So it's uh, a huge resource to have down the San Jose. I know Adam spends his, uh, well, his full time in Kelowna. You said you're spending your off season in Edmonton, a place that you've been for the last handful of years. You also mentioned how hot it's been. There's been a heat wave in that part of the country. Very unique to deal with weather, those temperatures. I know you guys go by Celsius up in Canada, but it's been north of triple digits in Fahrenheit for us uh, folks in the States. So what has that been like spending an off season in Edmonton where the weather is as hot as it is this year? That is very rare. It does not happen very often, if ever. No, exactly. Super rare. So a lot of the, uh, the houses, especially the house that I'm in, like you don't really need air conditioning just because you get, you know, a triple digit once or twice a summer and we were getting it for, you know, weeks on end here. So we had, I want to say four fans going in the house. Like it was, it was tough to sleep. It was hot in the house. And, like, I mean, it was, it was tough. Like we weren't used to that kind of heat up here. So it was nice to, I I'm actually pretty close to just like an outdoor water park. So I just take trips there, just lay under the, uh, the kind of sprinkler type thing, get in the back, you know, spray the hose. And I was, I was basically doing anything I could actually our freezer broke too. It was so hot. Our, our fridge just shut down. The freezer wasn't going. And like I said, us Canadians up here aren't used to that kind of heat. So it was, uh, it was a change for sure. But, you know, luckily we made it through and uh, things are slowly getting back to normal here. What's your favorite thing about going back home in the off season? Is there stuff that you like to do in the summer? Is there places that you have to go eat? Like, what are you most looking forward to when it hits the off season? Yeah, there's... I think the biggest thing is, especially in the off season with this year, especially it was, uh, it was a long time without seeing, like I said, friends and family. Right. So that was the biggest thing that I want to do as soon as I got back, you know, just go see grandparents, go see family, go see friends and, you know, see those people that, you know, have meant such a big deal to me in my lifetime. So go see them. And then, um, there's a lot of golf here too. I, I enjoy golfing. I know it's nothing like some of the courses down in, in California, but you know, I've always enjoyed golfing. So 
spend some time on the course. And then usually weekends it's, you know, whether it's spending time with family camping or, or going out to Lake with, with some cousins. So I've always enjoyed doing that. And like I said, we haven't had this kind of heat in a while, so it's, it's more so been finding ways to stay cool as well. Talking about golf. I know you are a big golfer. I know a lot of the guys are big golfers almost kind of goes with the territory when it comes to hockey, you've got to also golf as well. How is your game? And tell us about your favorite course. Where is a course that you like to play a lot during the off season? Yeah. So in the off season, there's a, there's a course just outside of, of Edmonton here. It's called, you know, Cougar Creek, I think is what it's called. So that's, that's a go-to course. I always try and hit that one up once or twice a summer, just because of how nice it is. I, I took a golf trip down just outside of Calgary last summer to Canmore. There's beautiful courses down there just outside of the mountains. So those are, those are huge courses. I know it's nothing like some of the stuff we see in, uh, in California. I know me and me and Hobbsy went to uh, Carmel this year, golf right by the ocean. So that was a pretty cool one. But uh, you know, like I said, when it comes to golf, it's, it's more so just getting out with buddies or, or family and just, you know, having a good time, have a little competitive juices flowing on the course and, you know, just, just enjoying the company. Do you have any buddies back home that ask about life in California where you can golf 365? I know it's not, the weather's not necessarily as cold as maybe what you're dealing with. Uh, even Edmonton, it's going to be very cold in the winter, but are they jealous of the fact that you're able to play golf in December? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You'll see some of the guys like I golfed with a few of my buddies from the, from the bears here with, with the university of Alberta a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, they were actually spanking me on the course and they were like, what's going on here? So I see like you golf year round. I was like, yeah, sometimes it's not a good thing. I mean, it's nice when, like I said, you take a break from it, get back into it and you're, you're able to, you know, swing it like you, you haven't swung it for a while. So sometimes it's nice. Obviously sometimes it's, uh, we take it for granted just because it's so nice down there. And like I said, that's one of the best things playing in California is the weather's great year round. Like you said, there's no minus 40 winters and stuff like that. We don't, we never get snow. It's, it's nice to be able to go to the rink in the wintertime in shorts and flip flops. So that's something I, uh, I obviously take for granted. And like I said, it's, it's beautiful to be able to golf year round. You're close to the campus U of A where you went to school for a couple of years. Do you ever think that you're going to go back and try to pick up that degree is there any future education that you want to continue to pursue whenever you just do decide to hang up the skates yeah so i actually finished my degree this year so i i finished in january i i finished that degree off which was something i made a promise myself to and when i decided to leave school early i, I basically made a commitment to myself that you made it this far. Let's not throw all the, you know, the, the classes and the hard work to waste here. Let's get that degree finished. So I was able to, to finish it up thanks to the online COVID classes, which helped me a ton. And um, obviously throughout this year, it'll, it'll be different because I won't be taking university classes, but I'll try and take some, some professional courses just to, you know, keep your mind engaged and, you know, keep yourself active while, while you're playing, I know there's, there's a lot of days where you sit around and, you know, you're relaxing and it doesn't hurt to, you know, pop open the laptop, you know, read some books and, you know, kind of keep yourself engaged mentally in that aspect of things. Like you said, it, uh, the years can be long, especially this year, there was, there was a lot of, you know, unexpected turns that, uh, that I had to face and, and us as a team. So it's, uh, I, I find schooling and, and kind of that mental, you know, academic side to be a, a bit of a relief and escape from the rink. So that's something I always uh, enjoyed doing. So was it 
a fact that COVID occurred and that allowed for you to go back to school or even think, hey, I want to pursue my degree. I want to finish this up. And what a great opportunity because all the classes were online. How did that all shake out? Yeah. So like I said, it, uh, like the, I usually came home in the summertime and I'd bang out, you know, two, three classes a semester. So I was able to, you know, finish up four classes a summer or whatever the case may be. And then during the year this year, we were able to take, you know, the classes that I needed online and basically through correspondence through my computer. So as long as I had my computer, I, uh, I was able to take those classes. So it, uh, you know, COVID didn't, uh, ruined my schooling and actually benefited me somehow. So I was uh, pretty lucky in that aspect. And like I said, I was able to finally get that degree finished and able to hang that piece of paper on my wall now. Were you able to participate in any sort of graduation ceremony? Yeah. So I was uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, my, uh, my friends, while well, my sister, my girlfriend and my family were able to, you know, put together, uh, I called it a COVID grad where we were able just to walk down near campus, take some pictures, you know, get the cap and gown, throw the cap out, pop the champagne. And I was able to finally kind of get into that. I, uh, I didn't get a high school grad. I was over playing juniors. So uh, it was nice to finally get that one grad under your belt and, uh, you know, celebrate like it was uh you know, a normal year, obviously with COVID, it was a little bit different, but uh, it was, it was finally nice to see that hard work finally recognized by, by friends and family and celebrate with those that uh, meant the most to me. I mean, it's incredible. The fact that you uh, continue to pursue that. I know a lot of guys, they want to finish it, but the fact that you were proactive and you did it while you were playing um, a tip uh, of the hat to you and congratulations. That's, that's awesome that you got your degree officially. I know you're a student, not only away from the game, but I think you're a student of the game as well. You like to see guys doing at the highest level. And we were privileged, I think, this year in the Stanley Cup final to see Vasilevsky and Price, two of the best in the National Hockey League. Watching as a fan, watching as a fellow goaltender, what makes those two so good? Yeah, it's uh, like you said it best. I'm I'm kind of a student. I love learning about the game. I think that uh, especially goaltending, it's it's all mental. So any kind of you see the best of the best here, and and like you said, this Stanley Cup final was uh, you know the best of the best. You had basically the best up and coming goalie in Vasilevsky, and the guy that's just been outstanding for the past ten years and Price go at it toe to toe. So I was watching those games. Obviously, uh, Montreal was a little bit outmatched, but it was cool to see those two go toe to toe. And it's, it's funny because they're so good, but they're so good in their own ways. Like, I mean, you look at way price plays, it's, it's almost nothing like Vasilevsky and you see the stuff that Vasilevsky is able to do. And it's just like, this guy's, he's a freak. I mean, he's, he's athletic, he's flexible, but he's big and he's able to see the puck in, in situations. Like, I don't even understand how he's, he's able to, you know, have that instinct to make that save there. And then you get a guy like price that's, that's calm, cool, collected. Like you see him and you saw it all through the, uh, the playoffs there, just his calm demeanor is something I've, I've always admired from him. You know, he's on the biggest stage, you know, the, the pinnacle of the sport and the guy doesn't break a sweat. You know, he's, he's finally made that Stanley cup final. You, you expect, you hope for a different result just for him and his, his legacy that he's left in Montreal there. And he was, like I said, it, it was cool to see him at the top of the sport, just, not even breaking a sweat, you know, just calm, cool, nothing's changed. And like I said, it was cool to see those two go at it. I found myself rooting for the Canadians because of price. I think more so than anything, because 
He's been at the top of the game for so long, has never captured a ring. But to see him at least in the finals was pretty, pretty special. One thing I, I found was pretty special last year, and it's you just remember certain things vividly, and I'll remember this for a long time. But we just wrapped up our game in Ontario. You had just picked up a victory against the Ontario Reign. Nick Gialdini, who sits just ahead of me on the bus, he gets a text, and there's, you know, you start hearing people chatting. And Nick tells me that uh, we're going to sign uh, Zach Sawchenko to an NHL deal. And it became official the next day. They basically tore up your NHL contract for the remainder of the year, gave you a two-year extension on an NHL contract. What was that like to get that news? And it had to have come somewhat out of nowhere being the fact that there were so many goaltenders last year. You hadn't played a ton. But to have that occur, what did that mean to you? And just walk us through the whole moment. Yeah, it was, like you said, it was kind of unexpected. I, uh, it's actually a funny story. So I was, like I said, we played in Ontario. I think that was, you know, we were a good two, two, three months into the year. I think that was my third game of the year. And it was like, there was a lot of adversity last year, I'll admit. And then to finally play that game, you play well, you're, you're happy. We get back on the bus. We cut that six hour bus ride back. You know, the guys are happy. We just got a big win. And then I sit down, we, uh, I get a text from my agent. That's like, Hey, can you give me a call right now? And I'm just like, dude, like I just finished the game. I'm happy. I'm on the bus. Like, is it urgent? And he just texted me back right away. Yes, it's urgent. So I give him a call and sure enough, he goes, yeah, how'd the game go? I was like, yeah, I thought it went well. And we started talking a little bit and then he kind of comes out of the blue and says, yeah, the sharks want to sign you. And I go, hold the phone here like what are you talking about I just played my third game of the year like what are you are you sure they want to sign me and he was like yeah I just talked with Joe I just talked with Doug like you know a contract getting sent over we're just finalizing a few things and he's like do you want to sign it I was like well, I want to sign it like this is what you dream about as a kid right so you see you saw years of hard work and you saw like I said it was almost a dream come true in in the most unexpected year that you ever could imagine right so like I said, I, uh, I called my agent. He talked to me about that, sent me the contract. I took a look at it. And then the first text I sent was to my, my dad. And I said, dad, I'm, I'm signing in the show. Like this is, you know, a dream come true. And he was obviously over the moon. It was, it was hard for me to talk to him. We were going in and out of the hills of just leaving LA there. So I was losing service. I kept losing them. And then sure enough, he's blowing my phone up. Like I said, my mom, I, I texted my mom right away. She was actually sleeping. So she woke up the next morning to, you know, a bunch of texts. That's exactly like me, like signing in the NHL. Like, what, what are you talking about? The Sharks want to sign. He's like, you played three games. And I was like, I know it's weird. I'll give you, I'll explain it all tomorrow. And then sure enough, I, I had to, you know, talk to my parents and explain it to them and then reach out to grandparents who followed my career all the way through. And then, like I said, I got back to the rink at about, 12 o'clock at night that night, Nikki printed out the contract, signed the contract. The next day I went to the rink just to get some treatment done and the news had kind of broken out and then all the guys were super happy. And then, like I said, the next day after I signed, I was at the rink and then the following day I was joining the Sharks on the taxi. So it went from, you know, zero to 100 in about two seconds. I mean, still to this day, I, I'll tell people I, I kind of blacked out and I, I didn't really hit me till about a week later. And I was like, well, like, like I said, I was driving the rink with Greg's and now you're in, you're in the NHL locker room. You, you've got that NHL contract. You're on the ice with, you know, legends. Like you're on the ice with Patty Marlowe. You're on the ice with Bernsey. And like I said, it was uh, a crazy experience. You know, I was fortunate enough to spend, you know, about five, six weeks on the taxi squad there. And 
you know, take the, take the plane with the guys and a great learning experience just to see what, uh, what it's like to be at that next level, just to see what it's like to, to be an NHL player. I was uh, fortunate enough to be there for Patty's game when he broke that record against Vegas, which was, you know, that's, that's forever going to be a moment in NHL history. You know, that's, that's some of the stuff I never could have imagined about heading into this year and throughout all the adversity that did happen this year. Like you said, you weren't playing a lot of games. You know, there was, there was obviously a long year being away from family for so long, obviously difficult, not getting into games, not getting into lineups. Then just to have that kind of come full circle when that deal does get presented with you. And then you are able to, you know, continue out your dream of playing and you get another opportunity with your organization. It was, uh, it was pretty surreal. And like I said, it took me a while to, you know, fully appreciate it. But uh, like I said, it was a dream come true. And it was right back to work just to try and make that dream a reality now. And now you have the NHL contract, you have that opportunity. Now it's just a matter of, you know, playing your first game, you know, committing to getting on the roster or whatever the case may be. So it was, uh, it was a pretty cool moment for sure. I mean, just hearing you explain that, I mean, it gives me chills because that's really, I think, what makes sports so magical is the human element of it, right? The right. trials and tribulation. I mean, you're going through a season where you're frustrated and you're probably feeling down and discouraged. And all of a sudden, it kind of makes it all worth it when you found out about that news. Yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. So I know there was definitely conversations with my parents, I was like, I'm frustrated right now. I don't know what to do. And they just basically said, you know, like stick with it, have a good attitude, show up at the rink. And then you kind of st- take a step back and you're like, yeah, it sucks. But at the end of the day, you're still living in, in California. You're 22 years old playing professional hockey for a living. And you kind of say that out loud and you're like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's not a whole lot to complain about. Yeah. It obviously could have been a little bit better. You, you expect things have gone differently, but the end of the day it uh all makes it worthwhile when you get that phone call and and you finally get that opportunity that you've been dreaming about since you were a little kid i'm sure it was a little bit tough to see a fellow teammate and a buddy go the other day with the osip kojanash being included in that trade with the arizona coyotes but with every departure maybe it opens up opportunity there was a log jam at the goaltender position last year there's still opportunity for a lot to change over the next you know, a little bit of time leading into the season, but looking at the upcoming season, maybe a chance now going into this year to continue to compete, get more games. We talked about the limited number of games you had last year, but I'm sure it's hard to see Yosef go. That being said, you have an opportunity now, at least at the AHL level, to really compete for a full-time role. Exactly. Like you said, like obviously Corns and, and Peppa was a great a great mentor to me. Like I, I met him the first year when I, when I came up in the second half of the year and, you know, I was able to see what makes him successful and still to this day, I'll never forget it. When I signed that deal and, and showed up at the Sharks locker room, he was one of the first guys that kind of brought me in and said, Hey, congratulations. He gave me a big bear hug. So that kind of speaks to the kind of guy that he is. And like I said, I was fortunate enough to see him, you know, get his first win in the NHL last year. And that was a special moment just because, because you know how hard he worked, you know, the work, he, the time he put in the American league, you see the, the success he did have and you saw why he was so successful and how, you know, seriously he takes, takes his preparation. He takes, you know, he, he was a, a great mentor for me and still, you know, that's, that's why he was able to get that opportunity in Arizona. You know, he, he was able to, you know, make the most of his opportunity with the sharks and was able to obviously, 
would have been nice for him to stick with the Sharks, but now he's got an opportunity there. And like you said, there's another door open. So unfortunately, you saw him sign his deal. And then a couple of days later, he gets traded. So unfortunately, that's part of the business. But, you know, I, you can be happier for him to, you know, get that extension and, and to see him finally play in the NHL after all the hard work and 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 the success he had in the American League. I, I told I told Harv, I told uh, Sabs, I told our guys, like, he's he's going to play in the show. Like, he's good. He's put in the time. Like, he takes it seriously. And, and to finally see him play those games, like, I still remember the game he played in Vegas, the, the games he played in Colorado. Like, he was lights out. He was the best player on the ice. And just to see him, you know, find that success in the National League level was, uh, you know, I was obviously super happy for him. And like I said, it's, it's an unfortunate part of the business. But, uh, you know, I got nothing but great things to say about him. Looking at next year, what makes you so the most excited about going into your third year? What gets you fired up about this upcoming season? I think it'll be huge just to kind of have that normal feel back for, for a regular year. Like I'm one of those guys that uh, I love the fans. I love, I love the energy in the rink. And it was, it was tough playing in some games when there's no one in the rink, you're basically playing in practice arenas and, it'll be nice to kind of get that normal feel back. You get the regular schedule back, you get the regular travel back. And like you said, now I have the, the NHL contract. So there's, there's more expectation, but you know, there's, there's a sense of optimism too, where, you know, you have this opportunity now that now you have a legitimate chance to, you know, get called up and, and finally play or whatever the case may be, but it'll be nice to, to get back to a regular year. It'll be nice to see all the guys. And I know that, uh, like you said, it, it, it was a long year, but it'll be nice to to get back to normal. I know myself included. It was uh, it was weird seeing a lot of the stuff that we went through, whether it was, you know, the the infamous Texas bus trip, you know, the the covid, the, the protocols, the testing, the you know, when we get shut down, like it'll be nice to to finally get back to a somewhat normal, normal season next year. Great catch up with you, man. Uh, I'm happy that you're doing well. Excited to see you when the season does get underway, but enjoy the rest of your off season with your family and friends.